illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef planner and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver, and Director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beege. How are you doing, Beege? You know, Billy, I am just living the dream. I am sitting in my bed as we record this. I'd like to say this is where the magic happens, but um, unfortunately it's not. That's usually in front of the computer screen. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So anyway, so I am sitting here ready to do a podcast. What do we got going on today? Well, Beach, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around a little bit every week. Um, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone and Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember to leave a rating and review. If you want to get a hold of us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator and also check out Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. All righty, Beach. First off, this... how, many fa- how many fans do we have on Facebook now? Um, well, now you may make me look here. Um, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in bed. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I got to sit here and look it up now. Hold on, I got to go here. And I got to click click here. This is scintillating pod right here. Scintillating? Scintillating. I've um, heard of titillating. I didn't know there's such a word as scintillating. What the hell does that mean? God damn it, Beach. Um, you want to look that one up next? I don't know. Let's see. Here's insights. Let's see if that says how many. How many likes we have? We need a few more. Um, as many people came to the freaking tailgater last week, we should be getting more likes. I don't know who half the people were. 
Yeah, I don't know how many we got. That'll be an update for next week. Moving on. Yeah. Let's do that next week. All right. <laughs> I don't know where to look on the page. Oh, wait. No. Oh, yeah, here. Likes. What do we got? As of today, 392. Ooh, wow. Be cool if oh. we could break the 400 mark. Yeah. Have we lost some, or, or are we staying pretty solid? Or can you tell? Oh, I don't think we've lost any. That's good. Looks like it's gone up a few in the last few days, actually. Mm, okay, well, like I said, for as many people who showed up that were random strange uh, on uh, Friday, it'd certainly be nice to uh, to yeah. uh, know who they are. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, well, Where do we start with? Well, first off, we got an email this week. I love it when we get an email. I know you do. So, uh, this email is from Mark K., and he sent you some stuff out um, that you and I have already talked about. But uh, thank you, Mark. By the way, appreciate yeah. the, the critique. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff he talked about, Steds and Beach, and I talked about that. But we'll talk about the what you and I are going to talk about is in the PS. Okay, he says. Okay. P.S. To both of you, I see Stanford as a trap game that we can win. Look at our first four weeks and three games. Look at, then look at Stanford's first four weeks and their first four games. We come in after an easy game, God I hope, and a bye week. Stanford comes in after four brutal games and then looking to the week after us. This one is there for us to pull a big upset. Now, is Stan, all right, we're not to the rankings yet for the week, but Stanford's ranked, aren't they? No. no. Oh, okay. And we won't talk about the rankings because we're recording this on Sunday and there's still games to go Monday night because this is the opening weekend. Okay. And, and so uh, they won't um, have the rankings out until probably Tuesday. Gotcha. So we won't have our USA coaches pull and all that kind of good stuff to Correct. discuss. All righty. Well, what, what do we got to discuss then, Billy? Well, I was going to look at Stanford's schedule here. You know, I, I like the way he's thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping – well, we're not – to the point where we talk about how we did in the game. So so this but. is what Stanford starts with. They started out with Northwestern this week. Then they play huh? then they play at USC. That's a toughie. At University of Central Florida, who's ranked number 17 right now. Wow. Then home against the Ducks. And then at Oregon State and then home against ranked Washington. Mm. So that's a pretty gnarly uh that is pretty bad. That's that's pretty gnarly right off the top. So, so I can I can see what Mark's talking about there. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for the email, Mark. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I I can see what he's talking about. I I can see that game being a trap game for Stanford. Good shot yeah. for the Beavs. All right, Beavs, you ready to talk some Beaver sports news? Yes. What we got going on this week, Billy? How how the Beavers do in in all the various sports outside of football? All right. Well, first up is women's volleyball. God, I love it. Oh, it's a good thing my hands hold my phone because I might be doing something else as we talk about uh, girls volleyball. What do we got? The Oregon State volleyball team got the 2019 season off on the right foot, sweeping UC Irvine in their first match of the Oregon Classic. The Beavers sweet. won. What was that? I said sweet. The Beavers won by scores of 25-12, 25-22, and 25-11 to earn their fourth straight season opening win under fourth-year head coach Mark Barnard. 
Then the Oregon State volleyball team moved to 2-0 Friday evening after sweeping its second match of the day, defeating Boston College in three sets. Next up, Oregon State travels to Indiana to play in the Hoosier Invite. The Beavers will play against Oklahoma on Thursday and then against Indiana and Yale on Friday. Oh, they travel a lot for volleyball everywhere, don't they? Yeah. How many girls are on a volleyball team? I, You know what? I don't know. All I know is we had somebody come by Woodstocks the other day with uh, the you know the various sports posters for the for the season mm-hmm. and said hey can we hang these up on the wall out there kind of between the two sets of doors or people hang up like community event stuff and I said sure and I walked out there and uh, looked at them later and there's a lot of girls on that team huh. more than I would have thought well, how many are on the court at one time six I think six yeah three in the front three in the back I believe so mm-hmm so, but it's just, I surprised the hell out of me. I was just like, that's a lot of girls. I'll try to count them up and let you know for next week. Okay. All right. All right, next up is women's soccer. Ooh. Yeah, we, we kind of uh, pseudo-witnessed that game, didn't we, on Friday? Yeah, as uh, we were out there uh, tailgating, yeah, the, uh, the women were playing. As we were cleaning up, they were uh, finishing up the game. And, yeah. and, and that one, redshirt sophomore. <laughs> In overtime. Redshirt sophomore Mackenzie Weinert scored the golden goal in Oregon State's 2-1 double overtime victory in the 100th minute of action over Villanova to push the Beavs to a 2-0 start on the season. Now, Beach, Oregon State just completed their sweep of its home opening weekend with a 3-0 win over St. Mary's on Sunday afternoon. Now, that third straight win for the Beavs this season, which is the best start in program history since the team went 3-0 in 2015. Junior wow. Junior Kalen Fried and freshman Abby Schwartz and senior Taylor Lemond scored a goal for the Beavs, pushing their grand total for OSU to eight on the season. Okay. Uh, and lastly, Beach, we've got some men's soccer news. Uh-huh. <laughs> Junior Joel Walker netted the first goal for the Beavs this season, but Oregon State men's soccer team dropped its season opener to Coastal Carolina by a score of two to one at Paul Lorenz Field Friday night. The Beavs this sound like this sound like a repeat of last year. The Beavs held a fourteen to thirteen advantage in shots during the match. Well, the worst part about that game, Beavs, is it started at seven thirty on Friday, the same time as the uh, Beaver football game. And how well, dumb is that? Why would they plan? Why would they, I was going to say why would they plan games for the same exact time of the day? I don't know. And that football game had been planned since what February. So that, that just made no sense to me. So, uh, but then Beach on Sunday in the 87th minute, uh, Alex Cover scored a goal, lifting the Oregon State men's soccer team to a two-to-one win over Colgate. Oregon State is now one and one, and return to action on Friday when the Bees take on Davidson at Paul Lorenz Field. I didn't know Colgate was a school. I thought it was just a toothpaste. Just a toothpaste. Now yeah. we've looked this up before, Beach. Do you remember this? I, you know, I don't. How long ago was this? A couple of years? It's been a while. Uh, let me see here. With Colgate because, based out of? Because we talked about Colgate University, and you're like, oh, so I know him as a, as a, uh, but as a toothpaste. And we yeah. talked about it before. Um, Evidently, it wasn't, what, what did you say, scintillating enough for me? Well, scintillating enough for me? So, I don't even know if you've got the right context, but I'm gonna, it's going to be my new word of the week. 
1817, the Baptist Educationist Society of the State of New York was founded by 13 men. Two years later, in 1819, the state granted the school's charter and the school opened a year later in 1820. The first classes were held in a building in the town of Hamilton in New York. Three years later, in 1823, the Baptist Theological Seminary at New York City Incorporated with the Baptist Education Society and subsequently changed its name to the Hamilton Literary and Theological Institution. Among the trustees was William Colgate, founder of the Colgate Company. So it is Colgate toothpaste. Yes, that's that's why it ended up getting there. Sweet. In 1890, Madison, it, it goes... Um, it changed its name to Madison University, and then in 1890, it changed its name to Colgate University in recognition of the family and its gifts to the school. Because mm. we, we talked about this before. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So there you go. I wonder if everybody, like all incoming uh, freshmen, get like free toothpaste. You know, free, yeah, toothpaste and toothbrushes. I don't know. You what know, else? What, what else does Colgate make? I don't know. I only know Colgate as the toothpaste. Well, it's it's Colgate Palm Olive anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's 213 hmm. years old. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, didn't, I had no idea. Started out sort of by a devout English immigrant soap and candle maker. Mm-hmm. Intent on keeping good uh, oral hygiene, huh? Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. Good, good goal to have. So, all righty. What's next, Billy? We knocked out boys' uh, men's soccer. Oh, Billy. Yes, B. What the hell is that? I don't know. Oh, it looks like it looks like we've got an update. Hold on here. Hold on. Okay. Billy. Yes, B. This just in. Okay. University of Oregon has declared the season over after a tragic loss to Auburn on Saturday in the first game of the 2019 season. The Ducks are calling it, and there's no need to play the next 11 games. Really? That's what it looks like. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the uh, that's what the discussion was down in Eugene this uh, this last weekend. I because I mean, you know, it's so sad to see them lose the first game because you know it's so cute. They they're like that 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 you know that little kid gets so excited because they won their first game, you know, and they feel like they can you know take on the world and then they get a season where they lose their first game then they don't know what to do next it's like yeah. such a bitter bitter thing you know they could learn something from us we know how to take a loss yeah. we're good with that that's true that's true that's true did you watch that uh, duck game at all beach you know i did not i i was checking the updates on my phone and i'm like i'm sitting there at dinner and i'm looking at my my phone and it's that the ducks were leading i think for the first three quarters mm-hmm. and kept sending updates come on just come on Auburn. get your crap together you can do this you can do this and then uh uh i get home here tonight uh, last night and i finally grab my phone and i'm like okay show me the duck score and it pops up and it was like i, I was it was good I was happy. It, it made it, it you, you know, my view on things. You know, if the Beavers win, that's half of a good week. And if the Ducks lose, that's the other half of a good week. Mm-hmm. So at least I got half of a good week this week. So that, that made up for, for stuff. So. Well, there you go. Well, because Beach, uh, Corvallis was, was, not, uh, was not good. No. But I tell you what, let's go uh, under further review for week number one in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did... Cross the line. Touchdown. 
Okay, what do we got? All right, Beach. Um, I've got our picks here for you, me, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. And uh, we will go. So first up, Beach, there was a game last week on Saturday, August 24th, Arizona at Hawaii. And I took Arizona on that one because Hawaii is usually not that good. Actually, all three of us took Arizona. How was that? Well, Beach, the Rainbow Warriors never trailed, saw three separate 14-point leads erased, and overcame six turnovers to record their first win over the Wildcats in six tries with a 45-38 win. Now, Arizona wow. even, even the score with Khalil Tate's 21-yard TD pass to Stanley Berryhill late in the third quarter. But Hawaii took the lead for good on Ryan Mescal's 34-yard field goal with 10:39 to play. Hawaii used two quarterbacks in the win. Starter Cole McDonald completed 29 of 41 passes for 378 yards and four touchdowns, but was intercepted four times. Siobhan Cordero replaced McDonald in the third quarter and finished five of seven for 58 yards and a touchdown. Now for Arizona, Khalil Tate passed for 361 yards and three touchdowns on 22 of 39 passing with two interceptions. He also rushed for a team-high 108 yards on 13 carries. He also had a chance to tie on the final play, but Tate scrambled all the way to the Hawaii one-yard line before he was tackled by Kalen Hicks and Manley Williams to end the game. Wow. Yeah. That was a nail-biter, wasn't it? Well, and I, what what kills me is Arizona put up 38 points and also was on the receiving end of six turnovers and still couldn't win the game. Ah. <sighs> so, and the Beavs play, obviously play – Hawaii next week, and then they play Arizona in a few. So, well, well, I try. I feel like Arizona. I try like hell, and I never score. Yeah, well, both those teams look like crap. So, none of us got the win on that one, Beach. Okay, Beach. All the rest of the games were this week, starting on Thursday. We had UCLA at Cincinnati. And I think I picked the men of Troy for this one. UCLA at Cincinnati. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you said USC. UCLA. Oh, oh, dude. Did I pick bitch tits on this? No, I think you, I did. No, you took Cincinnati. I did. Okay, thank God. Thank God. Kyle and okay. I took UCLA. UCLA sophomore quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson was 8 for 26 for 156 yards and two TDs, including a 75-yarder to Felton and a 7-yard scoring toss to sophomore wide receiver Chase Cota. But Thompson Robinson also lost his grip on the football twice and threw two interceptions, personally accounting for all four UCLA turnovers and a 24-14 defeat. Now, Cincinnati knocked off UCLA. What was that? I I heard they just looked sloppy. Yep. Cincinnati knocked off UCLA in the season opener for the second straight season. The Bearcats beat the Bruins 26-17 at the Rose Bowl last season. Mm. So there you go. So you you picked up the win there. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, old Chip Kelly's offense sure isn't clicking, is it? No, not like it did. Well, you know, I think there's a combination. I think it might be the the coaching staff. It also might be the fact that he can't shoot as well as he did before. That could be too. That could be too. He also, you know, and and I don't know how much people will talk about this, but, you know, Mark Hendrick, who was – the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach under Kelly, who took over for Kelly once he left at Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder how much he had to do with it, you know, of really dialing in that quarterback position. 
now is he still there or where's he at now? Well, he got fired at Oregon. I'm not sure where he is now. What did he get fired at Oregon for? Losing to the Beavs in that uh, in that Civil War. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Or it's Mark nope. Helfrich, yeah. Mark Helfrich. Let's see where he is. Okay, you were talking Mark Helfrich. Mark Helfrich. I, I, met, I met Mark Helfrich. Um, okay, I was like, I'm dead. It looks like right now he's the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Really? Yeah. So well, that's nice. I mean, it seems to me like that's a pretty good, decent gig. Yeah. So, yeah. He, uh, but um, I just wonder how much he had to do with it. So, with the success yeah. area. You know, we, you always said in the previous uh, season that uh, he was uh, not a good head coach, but a great offensive coordinator. I, and that's and that's what I think. I I think too many people think they need to be the head guy in charge, and that's not their forte. Yeah, sometimes you just got to know where you where you excel at and and roll with it. Correct. All right, Beach. So you picked up the win there. Next up, Kent State at Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State. All three of us did. Now, Jaden Daniels passed for a pair of touchdowns and ran for another in his Arizona State debut, and the Sun Devils shut out the Kent State Golden Flashes for three quarters in a 30-7 win Thursday night in the season opener. Now, Daniels finished 15 of 24 for 284 yards and two touchdowns, and Arizona has won 21 straight home openers and got its first win over a Mid-American Conference opponent. Now, the Sun Devils held the Golden Flashes to 200 total yards, 80 passing, and recovered two fumbles. Wow. Yeah. So held them to oh, 200 total yards. It's so. a nice long uh, opening win streak, too. That, that, that's so. crazy. 21 straight home opener wins. That's impressive. Okay, Beach. Well, I, what, what's the Beavs streak? Like one, two over the last um, 10 years? They've won a couple here or there, but not very many. All right, Beach. up next, yeah. uh, last game on Thursday, Utah at BYU. little holy war. Ooh. Yes. Um, what was I heard about? Uh, you, uh, I think I took Utah in this one. You did. So did I. Kyle, however, took BYU. And the, I heard Kyle screwed up on this one. The number 14 Utes scored three touchdowns off three BYU turnovers to pull away for a 30-12 to victory on Thursday night in the opener for both teams. And Utah left no doubt about how strong its defense could be this season. Over the final 30 minutes, the Cougs gained just 104 yards on 18 total plays. Utah's Zach Moss ran for 187 yards and a touchdown to help the Utes earn their ninth straight victory in the Holy War rivalry, which was being played for the 100th time. Now, the senior mm-hmm. suffered a hand injury in fall camp and wore a protective splint after the game, but it didn't seem to limit him at all. Moss propelled the offense after halftime by gashing the Cougs for a series of big runs. He averaged 6.2 yards on 29 carries. Mm. So you and I picked up the win there. Okay, uh, on to Friday the 30th, Beach. There was two games on Friday. First up was Colorado at Colorado State. Ooh. You know, I didn't hear the outcome of this one, but uh, I'm pretty sure I t- picked Colorado. I felt like I was pretty much a Pac-12 homer uh, this last week, except for bitch tits Chip Kelly, who I, I never will take. Yeah, you did take. Uh, no, not all. Not all. But it was close. I was I was pretty heavy on. Pretty pretty heavy though, back. yeah. So uh, 
Tailback Alex Fontenet scored three second-half touchdowns, and safety Mikhail Onu intercepted two passes as Colorado beat Colorado State 52-31 on Friday night to kick off the Mel Tucker era. Fontenet finished with 125 yards rushing to help the Buffs win their fifth straight over the Rams in what was the final Rocky Mountain showdown held in Denver. The 83 combined points were the most in the rivalry's 91-game history. Why, why is it the final one being held uh, in Denver? I think they're going to be start playing them at the, the home stadiums from now on. Okay. Yeah. Why were they playing them in Denver for just because it's a civil war? Kind of, yeah. Well, and it's okay. they're not in the same league, so they never have been. Yeah. So it's just yeah. a... Just an in-state deal. Uh-huh. Go. So you and uh, actually only you picked up the win there. Kyle and I both took Colorado State. Wow. Yeah. Look at me starting the season off kicking some butt. Yeah. Okay, now Beach. Only the, the last game on Friday was Oklahoma State at Oregon State. Uh, Oklahoma State at Oregon State, and I would have picked the Beavs, and that would have been a bad choice in some respects, but a very proud choice in others. Yep, uh, all three of us did. Quarterback Jake Luton threw for 251 yards and three scores against the Cowboys. Isaiah Hodgins caught nine passes for 170 yards and two touchdowns. But the defense gave up 555 yards of offense to the Cowboys. Uh, Redshirt freshman Spencer Sanders threw for 203 yards and three scores, and Chuba Hubbard rushed for 221 yards and three touchdowns for Oklahoma State as they won. Uh, what the hell was the final score of that game, Beach? Oh, hell, I can't remember. Um, 52, 52 to 36. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, which which sounds horrible, but it's really two touchdowns. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it doesn't it doesn't seem that bad. Either, either way you look at it, it was a freaking high scoring game. Yeah, and let's talk a little about the game, Beach. I mean, so I thought, I thought Pierce looked great. What you thought? What Pierce? Isn't it Pierce? That's Artavis Pierce looked great. Yes. Yeah, he looked great. Um, I I don't know though. I mean, our our line. I thought offensively. I, hope- I thought offensively they played really well. They had those three, three and outs um, in the second quarter, and that's really where it hurt them. Uh, but I, you know, offensively they looked pretty, pretty dang good. You know, we Luton, just could get a third down stop to save our soul. No, and that's the thing. You know, in that game there was a couple of times where they had them at like third and twenty-five or third and eighteen, uh-huh. and just couldn't stop them. And you know, watching that game. I I also thought the the special teams looked pretty good. You know, um, I I thought the, you know uh, the, our kicking game looked pretty good. It's just that that defense and there was a couple times. There was one time I remember where the Beavs were completely out of position and they had a huge run for a touchdown and they looked like crap. But there was other times where it's like you know they're the the defensive player is just about there to make the play. They're in mm-hmm. the right position. They just need to finish. Um, it's not like they were going through these massive, you know, gaping holes or anything, but I just really worry about that front seven. We've got to get more pressure on the quarterback, and I just don't know if that's going to happen with a couple of those down linemen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they did um, make a couple of uh, hits in the backfield. They dropped Oklahoma State for losses on several running plays. I, I just – I see improvement there. We just need a lot more. Yeah, I, well, I, like I said, I would just like to get third down top once in a while. Yeah, I know. I, I do too. It's, like I said, especially when you've got them at like third and 18 and third and 25. Yeah, I mean, 
it just wasn't there. And I'm like, God, can't we get one of these? Yeah. We're not that bad. Completely agree. Completely agree. So, and then I think that's really where it's going to lay. I, I, where this, this, the success of the season is going to be decided because I really liked, like I said, I liked our, uh, I liked our offensive output. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, th- I thought they looked really good. So, but, uh, yeah, they've got to figure it out. And this it's week. The other thing that gets me is, you know, they had another quarterback or another running back have a, uh, have a, uh, career game against him. 220 some odd yards. Cause if you look last wow. year, almost every running back they played their best game of the season was against the beefs. And that can't happen. So. No, no, not at all. Yeah. But, uh, as for the tailgater, I thought that went great. You know, it was crazy. Um, there were, like I said, it was odd because normally I know about two thirds of the people out there. And this yeah. time I barely knew a third of the people out there. So I don't know who showed up. Yeah. So no, went through if it. you did and you're listening to our podcast, you know, Hey, drop us a message. Let us know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. But uh... I, I, I had this gal, I mean, she didn't even know what the hell was going on. She's like, um, she's looking at our menu, which it gives on the menu on the trailer. It says the dates and then what's on the menu. And she's looking at it and I'm, I'm deep frying stuff. And she says, um, I'll have the cheesesteak, please. And I'm like, uh, cheesesteaks aren't until uh, the next game. Um, it's, it was, it's the pork today. Oh, then I'll have the pork. Um, no, we're all out of pork. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what you want me to do here. And I'm a little confused. I know. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't believe all the food we went through. Oh, God dang. There, yeah. there had to be over 10 pounds of pork there. We went through all 15 pounds of catfish. Unbelievable. I, there was nothing. I mean, I had nothing left to deep fry. Oh, I know. I couldn't uh, believe that. Yeah, wiped out all that. I think we went through all the beer. We went through all and all the water. Yeah. And I don't know how much soda was in the thing, but I there couldn't have been much left of that either. Yeah. So It just surprised the heck out of me. There were a lot more people there than I expected. I, I I was guessing we hit over a hundred. Yeah, I because I didn't think we'd have that many being uh early, you know, a late game on a Friday evening. I didn't I didn't think we'd have that many. We had a ton. And school hasn't even started yet. Yeah, it was a ton. So yeah, and, and ton of the people that were there looked like they were students. Yeah. So yeah, I was it was crazy. Yeah. Alrighty, Beach. Well, let's move on there. Uh, obviously, none of us got the win there. Up next, Beach. All the rest of the games were Saturday, August thirty first. First up, Eastern Washington at Washington. Um, pretty sure it took Washington. I think we all took Washington on this one, didn't we? We not? all we all did. Washington quarterback Jacob Eason threw for three hundred forty nine yards and two touchdowns as number thirteen Washington opened the season with a forty seven to fourteen win over FCS number four Eastern Washington. Now, taking his first snap since the 2017 season when he lost the starting job at Georgia to Jake Fromm, Eason showed no rust, carving up one of the top FCS programs in the country with a debut that will only increase the hype around the former number one recruit in the country. Eason completed 27 of 36 passes and led Washington on touchdown drives on four of its first five possessions. So, brand new quarterback, but he's got experience. Well, he he uh, had been down at... Georgia, and he transferred up, so he wasn't eligible to play last year, and he's uh, starting this year. So he was a top-end recruit, and they still benched him? Yeah, he didn't win the starting job down there. Wow, crazy. So he transferred. Hmm. So all oh, we'll see what happens to Washington this season, but 
Yep. Pretty impressive numbers from what it sounds like. Yep. So all three of us got the winner. And actually, we've all got the same picks um, here on Outbeach. Up next was Northwestern at Stanford. Ooh, Northwestern at Stanford. For some reason, I'm thinking the Stanford is the, the team we all selected this week. Correct. Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello threw a two-yard touchdown pass before getting hurt on a late hit, and the Cardinal used four turnovers and improved running game to hold off injury-plagued Northwestern 17-7 on Saturday. Cameron Scarlett ran for 97 yards and a key first down late that helped run out most of the clock, and then Casey Tuhill helped seal the win for the Cardinal with a strip of strip sack of Hunter Johnson that led to a fumble recovery in the end zone by Jordan Fox with 20 seconds left. Mm. So there you go. And wow. uh, I think Costello had a had a uh, concussion in that game. It, you know, there's a lot of people that were um, going off about it um, because he was hit. I don't know if I think people wanted a targeting hit. It looked like the guy hit him with his forearm to the helmet, but mm-hmm. it's one of those plays where Costello went to slide, but as he's going to slide, it's the, the, the defensive man is already in the process of coming in to, to put a hit on him. Uh-huh. And so he didn't hit him helmet to helmet, but as he flew over the top of him, he caught him in the helmet with his forearm. So gotcha. I, I guess if you want to call a late hit, sure. But, you know, I, I didn't see it. And I, I just, they just showed it right here on TV because it, it took Costello's helmet off. And I, I can see why he got kind of looped by it. But I, I just don't see it as a being a, a, a helmet to helmet hit, a helmet, a headshot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To me, well, it was, as you said, it was, well, you're, already, you're already in the motion and the guy moves on you. And the guy starts to go down. It, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, so we all got the win there. Up next, Beach, UC Davis at Cal. Oh, this is that intramural team. Um, so um, uh, pretty sure Cal uh, dominated that one, but I did not catch any of this one. Cal running back right, uh, Christopher Brown Jr. Ke- 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 we, we we talked about Kelly briefly last week. Oh, yeah. Um, she, uh, she did say that she didn't go to any of the football games, by the way, when she went there. Yeah. And uh, – and I've been trying to chill my language because Paige listens to this podcast now. So I'm supposed to give a hey out to Paige. So, hey, Paige. So, <laughs> already, go, go on. Cal running back Christopher Brown Jr. rushed for a career high, 197 yards and a touchdown on 36 carries in his first start. And Cal overcame a sloppy first half and beat UC Davis 27-13 to 13 on Saturday. Now, quarterback Jace Garbers shrugged off two turnovers and completed 16-28 of 28 passes for 238 yards and two touchdowns both to Kakoa Crawford. Greg Thomas kicked a pair of field goals, including a career-best 47-yarder, as the Golden Bears won their third consecutive opener under Justin Wilcox. Mm. Wins there for all of us. All right, Beege, up next. I wonder how Cal's going to do when they actually have some competition. How Cal's going to do? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, go on. Up next, Beach, Oregon at Auburn. I'm pretty sure I took Auburn on this one, did I not? All three of us did. Auburn's, that was probably a good call. Yep, Auburn true <laughs> freshman quarterback Bo Nix threw a 26-yard touchdown pass to Seth Williams with nine seconds remaining, and the 16th-ranked Tigers opened the season with a 27-21 comeback win over number 11 Oregon on Saturday night. Now, Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert who bypassed early entry in the NFL draft to return to Oregon, 
was 28 of 37 for 242 yards and a touchdown. The Ducks had several chances to keep this game from being that close. Already up 7-0, Brian Addison couldn't pull in a catch in the back of the end zone on their second drive right before Camden Lewis missed a 20-yard field goal. There was also an exchange of 80-yard returns in the second quarter. Javon Holland had an 81-yard punt return to the Auburn 9, setting up a chance to go up 21-3. But Herbert fumbled on the next play, and defensive end Big Cat Bryant scooped it up and ran 83 yards to Oregon 3, though the Tigers had to settle for a field goal. Big Cat Bryant? How big How big was Big Cat Bryant? He's a big dude, but that's his name, Big Cat Bryant. Nice. Yep. So, But anyways. Just, what, again, what an exciting game. Yeah, you know, I... It was it was a fun game to watch. I mean, I listened to it and it was fun to hear the duck announcers just losing it. They they are so homers, oh. so homers. It's always fun. You know, I I usually try to catch their uh, their broadcast if they're the ducks are playing after the beavers. Yeah. And and when you hear them, I I mean, it's like a mutual admiration society well, over there. They can't build each other up enough. And it's so. one of those things. Like I understand, I'm listening to duck announcers. I expect to get a duck centric call of the game yeah oh my god they're you know through the whole thing they should really could really be up 28 to nothing right now but (laughs) and i'm just like you can't it doesn't work like that let's say they score a touchdown there they could let the next kick go back for it you know if you change one play everything after it changes yeah well and i and i mean they're i think they were educated under Bellotti because it's always like well they gave him that well they you know the, the only reason why the other teams have any success is because it's not because the other teams are good it's because the, the ducks that, screwed that, up that, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 well they're lucky that that that, that we weren't in position for that one yeah well that's kind of the point of football to get the other team I out was of position say that's the whole, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but uh yeah it was kind of funny to listen to and you know I know they keep talking about Herbert. I really liked Herbert his freshman year. I thought that kid, give him a couple more years. He's got all the talent. You know, he's got all the skills. Give him some time to, to really hone that talent. He's going to be amazing. I was not impressed with him last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he looked that great yesterday. You know, the one touchdown pass he had, he kind of threw it up for grabs and really got bailed out by his receiver. But really? Yeah. I just don't think it – I don't know. Uh, they keep talking about him being, you know, the best quarterback in the bunch, and I just – he hasn't shown it to me yet. I think he's got the potential, but he hasn't shown me anything that I would have expected out of him at this point gotcha. in his career. Gotcha. So, Mediocre at this point. I, he's okay. Yeah. He's okay. But anyways, all right. So we all got the win there. Um, up next, Beej is New Mexico State at Washington State. Um and I'm I'm I, you know, I'll tell you one thing, what I saw a lot this week or this weekend, a lot of people sporting their Cougs shirts out there. Good. And uh yeah, yeah, no, and I think we all took the Cougs on this one because by god, I think they're going to be a good team this year. We did. Uh new Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon completed his first 15 passes, threw for 330 yards of four TDs in the first half, and number 23 Washington State rolled past New Mexico State 58 to 7 on Saturday night. Gordon, who had just five career passes coming into the season, beat out Eastern Washington transfer Gage Gubrid for the starting job with the Stellar Fall Camp, and his performance in camp continued into the start of the season. 
Gordon hit Roderick Fisher for a 41-yard TD on the opening drive of the game, and the passing onslaught was only getting started. Wow. Yeah. Continuing with that aerial attack, huh? Oh, yeah. That's that's what uh, that's what Leach likes to do. So we all yeah. picked up the, la- the win there. And the last game of the opening weekend beach, Fresno State at USC. This one, Minotroy. That is correct, we all did. Vive Malapai rushed for a career-high 134 yards. And they had a kickoff return for 101 yards for a score in a 31-23 victory over Fresno State on Saturday night. Quarterback JT Daniels passed for 215 yards before getting hurt on a blitz 20 seconds before halftime. The sophomore returned to the sidelines on crutches with a brace on his right knee in the second half. Um, The Trojans were hoping to get back the results of the MRI on Sunday morning, and they did, and they came back negative, which is positive. Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one of those things where if the results come back negative, that's positive. But if they come Mm -hmm. back positive, that's negative. That's negative. Gotcha. Now, USC led by 18 points early in the fourth quarter, but needed a strong defensive finish to hang on. Isaiah Polamau made an interception in the end zone with 145 to play. Mm. So there you go, Beach. So after the first week, you are in first place with 10 out of 12. I'm in second with 8 out of 12. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, is in third with 7 out of 12. You had a good week, Beach. I did. I yeah. did. Starting off strong. Now that. That'll get screwed up anytime you know here in the near future, but for the moment, that's I'm I'm living uh, living the dream. All right, Beach. So, um, are you uh, are you on your computer? Do you have it there with you? Your tablet? I got, a t- I got my tablet here. All right. Okay. Well, before we get there, it is time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beej, it's actually just being a mascot. So I want you to go to YouTube and search for Jackson State Mascot Penalty. dot. Should have known this before. At least I could have been on YouTube. Yeah. That was a failure on you. Yeah. Jackson State mascot penalty. But I'll go on with the story. Beach, you can really tell that Jackson State mascot is a valued part of the team. Or the person inside the suit feels that way at least. Okay, so hold on. I need to find my little... uh... Here we go. Thank Jackson. State. Mascot penalty. Seconds after Tigers quarterback Jalen Jones found Warren Newman for a 34-yard touchdown to take a 15-7 lead over Bethune-Cookman on Saturday. Are you watching it? I'm getting there. Hold on. I can type in with one hand. The other hand is... Don't need to know. I don't need to know what the other hand is doing. Okay. I got a 2 minute and 11 second bit and I've got a 25 second bit. Just do the 25 second bit. So seconds after quarterback Jalen Jones found Warren Newman for a 34 yard touchdown to take a 15 to 7 lead over Bethune Cookman on Saturday, there was the Tiger running onto the field. Getting right in the middle of a meaningless struggle for the football. Some mascots do push-ups after their team scores, others have more school spirit, I guess. 
You watching it? It keeps it keeps locking out here. Hold on. Should really turn down the volume. Why? Why is he in there? Who knows? He felt like he needed to be in there. So you saw the guy scored, and there's kind of a struggle for the football. He runs out on the field and kind of gets into that scrum. Yes. I know. Now, as wonderful as it would be to have mascots get on the field for plays, it is sadly against the rules. The touchdown (laughs) counted, but officials hit Jackson State with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty assessed on the following kickoff. Now, this is what it says in the box score, Beach. So it says at first and 10 at Jackson State 35. It says 533 in the third Jackson State penalty unsportsmanlike conduct on Jackson State mascot and then in parentheses Tiger to the Jackson State 20. That's awesome. That's just stupid. Like, (laughs) what are you thinking? And it's funny because if you, you listen to other clips of it, you can actually hear the referee call out the the tiger he goes really yeah yeah he goes unsportsmanlike foul unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the jackson state mascot the tiger (laughs) it's kind of funny unbelievable So, so to the jackson state mascot tiger this week's jackass of the week award is for you there do you, you remember? Do you remember? God, it was probably 20, 25 years ago. And maybe we've chatted about this before, but uh, there was that player that was not on the field, and there was a pass play. The guy was running by the, oh, yeah, the side. He, he ran out and hit him. He threw his shoulder out there and nailed the guy, knocked him on his ass, and walked back into the group. And I don't even think the refs called him on yeah. it. And you could tell he it, felt horrible about it, too. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. tell he did it, and then was like, "Why the hell did I just do that?" Yeah, but and, and that, I kind of get the feeling maybe that's where the tiger was at I too. Because the tiger was celebrating it afterwards. You can see him when they call the penalty on him; he was dancing and stuff. Really? Yep. 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 Huh. Yep. Well. But anyways, all right, Beach. It is now time for the musical interlude of the show, and this year we are doing the theme of of top songs of the year 1985 kind of uh celebrating this year's the seasons uh the season of uh stranger things so beach my song was uh ended up in the uh top 100 for the year Mm. it is by a group that is protégés of the purple one prince a little group oh are we are we talking are we talking jerome bitch Yes, we're talking Jerome, Jellybean, and the main man himself, Morris Day. We're talking about the time. Morris Day and the mother effing time. There you go. And so this song, Beach, is Jungle Love. Now, Jungle Love is a a funk pop offering relying mainly on bass, analog, synthesizer, and drum machines. Although there are elements of new wave keyboards and a rock guitar solo allowing the song to cross musical boundaries. The track was one of the first songs recorded for the album Ice Cream Castles being cut late in March 1983 during Prince's 1999 tour. The track was also one of the first tracks to involve other members of the band in the creation of the song. Morris Day and Jesse Johnson both contributed to writing the song. Day provided the sexual lead vocals and animalistic sound effects and Johnson played guitar in the recording 
whilst Prince played all the other instruments. Now, the song's elements combined with the Purple Rain momentum propelled the song to the time's second highest position ever on the pop charts, peaking at number 20. And it is still one of the time's signature numbers and is played at every concert to this day. It's awesome. It is a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, the live versions of the song have been released on two DVDs, including one of the band performing the song live in the movie Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Which sequel is coming out? When is the sequel coming out for that? Um, it's coming out, I think, this month. I think Seriously? It comes out, I think it does. I'm going to get my Regal Movie Pass and take advantage of that one. Um, you know, you know that uh, Jay and Silent Bob are going to be uh, doing a special screen of the movie in Salem, I believe, in October. Okay. Um, let's see. When is it? Release date is October 15th. That's when the movie comes out. Mm. All right, Beach. So with that, here is Morris Day and the time with Jungle Love.
Love that song, Beach. That just the, the, you know, that, you, that, you almost feel like you have to do the choreography at the same time you, you listen to that. Oh, I know, I know, and uh, that reminds me of of junior high school days for me. So great song. Now next week, Beach, it'll be your pick. Okay. Be interesting to see what you pick. There's a lot of you know. I was looking at the top songs for 1985. There's a <laughs> lot of good music in 1985. There's a lot of good stuff. So <laughs> lots to pick from. All right. Alrighty, Beach. So with that, it is now time to preview week number two in the Pac-12. Uh, let me pull up Kyle's email here so we can get ready to go. I hate you, Kyle. Okay. So, Beach. first up, Friday, September 6th, we've got one game, Sacramento State at Arizona State. Um, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to be pretty solid pack 12 this week. We'll see. I'm going to take, uh, I'll take Arizona state. Okay. Kyle said, what FBS team could possibly lose to Sac state? Arizona state with the win. He put Arizona, but I think it's Arizona state. All right. I too will take Arizona state. And Kyle <laughs> up next beach. All the other games are on Saturday, September 7th. First up. Northern Illinois at Utah. I'm going to take Utah. I, too, will take Utah. Kyle says, Utah beats a team from Illinois, and the spirit of Joseph Smith smiles upon them. Kyle's really hammering this whole Mormon thing here lately. Have you noticed that? Oh, Kyle likes to dig deep with his references. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty that. And I guess when you're, when you're dealing with Utah, it kind of pretty much yeah. goes there. I, too, will take Utah. Next up, Nebraska at – oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Nebraska at Colorado. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Uh, no, hold on. It was Nebraska where? Who, at what? Colorado. At Colorado. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to take Colorado. Okay. Kyle says – Still too early for a threat of frost in Colorado. Colorado wins. Scott Frost is the head coach at Nebraska. Okay, for a former uh, Oregon Duck coach. Yeah, Oregon Duck coach, yeah. Didn't um, we call that when they hired Riley the first time that that was just a uh, – he, he was just a palate cleanser till they hired Frost? Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much what they did. Um, I'm going to take and Nebraska. Is this, is, this frost for, is this Frost's second year then? Second year, yeah. They had a rough oh. start to last year but then came on strong towards the end. Now they won last Saturday, but it, it took them a little work to get through it. I think they scored two defensive touchdowns. So, but, wow. uh, so their defense looks pretty good. The offense looks a little lacking right now, but I'm still, I'm going to go with Nebraska. Go with Nebraska. Now. All right. Next up, San Diego state at UCLA. Ooh, I so want San Diego state to win. Um, Let's go with San Diego State. Kyle says San Diego State because Chip Kelly. That's it. <laughs> I, too, am going to take San Diego State. Okay. Boy, we hate that bastard, UCLA, don't we? Yeah, UCLA's just look like crap. So, All right, up uh, next, Northern Colorado at Washington State. Oh, Washington State by far. 
Okay. Kyle just says Wazoo. I, too, will take Wazoo. Next up, Nevada at Oregon. Nevada. Nevada at Oregon. Wouldn't it be awesome if Nevada win? It would be. Um, but you got to pick who's going to win. I think Oregon's going to recover out of this this thing. I think they should be able to beat. I think they should be able to win this one. I, so we're going to go Oregon. Okay, I too am going to take Oregon. Kyle says Wolfpack's kicker won last week against Purdue with a 56-yard field goal, and then was told he got a scholarship. This next weekend is a little tougher. Oregon. So they're all taking Oregon. We t- do we have any difference? Oh, I took Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Cal at Washington. Getting into Pac-12 play already. Yeah. Cal at Washington. I'm going to go with the Huskies on this one. Okay. Kyle says, well, there will be a leader and a loser in the Pac-12 North rankings, but it won't be the Beavs. Huskies win. So, yeah, the, the Beavs won't be in dead last after this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, am taking Washington. Next up, Stanford keep oh uh, Stanford at USC. Mm. I'm gonna take USC. I guess Stanford is ranked. They're ranked uh, 25th. Okay, and where's USC ranked? USC is ranked not. I think they're in the others receiving votes category. Yeah, but they're playing down at USC, and they always seem to dominate down there at the Coliseum. Yeah, they're 25th in one poll, 23rd in the other poll. Okay. Thoughts? My thoughts on what? Who are you taking? Um, I'm going to take st- – God. Kyle says Stanford keeps his poll ranking with the win, so Kyle's taking Stanford. It's at USC, but you know Stanford's had pretty good success down there. I'm going to take Stanford. Okay. What are you going to take? I, I said I was going to take USC. Got oh, playing down there. Okay. Next up, Northern Arizona at Arizona. Uh, we're gonna. I'm. I'm going to take the not Northern Arizona, the regular Arizona. Kyle says, is there, anything in, "Is there anything in Northern Arizona other than a university?" Probably not. Uh, hmm. Now Kyle says, huh? "Northern Arizona are lumberjacks, and they are okay. They sleep all night and they work all day, and they lose this game to Arizona." I am a lumberjack and I'm okay. Sleep all night and I work all day. You ever heard that song? I don't think I have. Okay. The only Lumberjack song that I know is the one from Jackal. Oh, that's a good one, too. I'm a Lumberjack, See, baby. I'm going to cut you down to size. Yeah. See, I think they should sing that. Uh, that uh, They should play that at uh, the Oregon State games. The Lumberjack song that Kyle's doing is, is from Monty Python. Okay. Remember that stupid one that they Crank played? It like to get a a chain- Crank It Like a Chainsaw? Yeah, whatever the hell that was. Yeah. I, I crank it like a chainsaw every night, but that's, that's some different. We don't need to go there, Beach. Next up, final game of the weekend and the latest game, Oregon State at Hawaii. Oh, I don't know. Hawaii's got some cojones now they got a win under their belt. 
Um, but I don't think it's going to last. I think the Beavs will be able to pull this one out. Kyle says, Hawaii beat Arizona with their fast wide receiver, Cedric Bird. The Beavs should have no problem with that. Go Beavs. I, too, am taking the Beavs. So we've only got a couple of difference. You took USC, and I took Nebraska. Other than that, we're pretty much straight down. So, righty, Beavs. Well, it is the Beavs at Hawaii this week. You want a little info on the University of Hawaii? Yes, it, we, we talked about Hawaii before, haven't we? No, I don't think so. I don't think we have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the you, you got all you got all weird there, Beach. I can hardly hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you know, let's talk about Hawaii. Small little island, middle of the Pacific. The university. Yep, the University of Hawaii at Manoa is the flagship institution of the University of Hawaii system. It was founded as a land grant college in 1907. Now, the school is located in Manoa, an affluent neighborhood of Honolulu, approximately three miles east and inland from downtown Honolulu, and one mile from Alamona and Waikiki. Total enrollment in 2012 was 20,429 students, 14,402 of which are undergrads. Remember that, uh, who is that idiot congressman? who was worried that Guam would capsize because all the people would stand, it would be overpopulated. Did you ever see that video? I think, who was that? Cummins? Did you ever see that deal? Yeah, I see. Who is it? Um, that's Hank Johnson, U.S. Representative from Georgia's 4th Congressional District. There we go. You should play that for our, our, but, our Well, I don't fan. know what that has to do with Hawaii. Oh, just I'm just concerned that if we have 24,000 people going to the college all at one time, that the island might capsize. <laughs> so that's, that's what I was thinking right there. All right. <laughs> and, you, you know, please, please play that for them, for our audience, Billy. And then they realize that your congressional representatives are morons. So yeah. because even though he actually said this during a congressional hearing, they still continue to elect him every two years. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. That's why when people think like elected officials have people are just dumb, and they're dumb all over the damn place. And and elected officials are probably some of the dumbest people out there. I, I'm worried that Guam will capsize. I don't think that will happen, sir. Yeah, <laughs> not, it's not how islands work, you dumbass. All right, Beach, let's talk a little Hawaii football. Now, the official school colors for Hawaii, Beach. Um, Green? Well, um, the official school colors for Hawaii Rainbow Warriors and the Rainbow Wahine are green, white, black, and silver. The white and green colors were chosen by wives of the faculty. And in 2000, a new athletics logo was created that included black and silver. So those colors are also now used by the athletic department. Now, Hawaii athletics began more than a century ago with the first football team being fielded in 1909. Through 1923, University of Hawaii teams were called the Deans. I don't, I don't mean to sound stupid here, but, I mean, they were founded in 1900-whatever. In 1909, the football started. Yeah. Um, but they weren't a state at that point in time. Who in the hell did they play? Well, the, well, I don't think Arizona was a state at that point either. Okay. Okay. I mean, we look at everything being a state now, but I mean, there was a, you know, was well, you, we're, when, we're, when did, we, 
was the U.S. very connected with? Because I, I, again, my my knowledge of history is a little weak, but I just assumed that we had our base in Hawaii only sometime in the 30s or 40s before oh, no. the war. Well, no, it goes back before that. It goes back before that, and it's also there, there's a. It's interesting. I I know a guy who's from Hawaii, and I was talking to him because uh, I believe the Hawaii flag. Have you ever seen the official Hawaii flag? Huh. Look up the official Hawaii flag. Okay. Look it up. Just. And what is interesting about the Hawaii flag? Hold on. I got to get my tablet here. It's not two-sided like Oregon's. Nope. Ooh. What's what do you notice about the state of Hawaii flag? It has a uh, English. Uh, it, what what do they call that? A Union Jack has the Union Jack up in the elf. It, it looks very much like the United States flag, right? Except up in the uh, except up in the corner, it's got a Union Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I believe King Kamehameha wanted to become a British colony. Really? Yeah. And so that's why you know, it's isn't up there. Funny to hear about colonialism stuff. Hold your phone up to your mouth. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Uh, it was, uh, you, you talk about, uh, uh, you know, there's always this push for anti-colonialism and how terrible uh, imperialism was. But here you have King Kamehameha who actually wanted to be involved with the, the British, be a British protectorate. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to, you know, uh, not wanting that relationship on trade. But anyway, it's yeah. interesting. I, I had no idea. I've never really looked at a Hawaii flag before. Never, that's yeah. Seems, it was it's almost as it's not as weird as the Maryland flag, but uh, it's it's quite unique. Yeah. It, it, the coloring striping is weird too. It's like white, red, and blue stripes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stripes. Yeah. From white, white to red to blue. Eight, eight, eight stripes is for the uh, eight islands. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Huh. And and but they use three colors for them instead of two. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's so that the how, how, did you, how do you know how did you know Hawaii's flag? Is this did you did you like Sheldon? Did you have a episode of Fun with Flags on another podcast that I wasn't aware of? No, I talked to a lot of people and I was talking to Steve, uh, a guy I know who's from Hawaii, um, and he played actually played football for UCLA. But uh, we were talking about it, and he's Hawaiian. He's native Hawaiian. And, uh, he was, uh, uh, he was just, we we got talking about it and I was like, why the hell is there a union Jack up there? And he was like, well, King Kamehameha, the first put it on there because they were friends with the British at the time. And I think he kind of wanted to be, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on because there's actually several flags for the uh, Hawaii flag. Um, there's one that looks more like a, it's kind of green and yellow and red and it almost looks more like Jamaican and those are for people that want to be like their own nation or something. Then there's a, but anyways, if you ever look at it, oh, yeah. well, it? It, it almost looks, well, it says here, the, the flag actually looks very close to the flag of the British East India company. Yep. 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 So, so, but anyways, so, um, 
So through 1923, the University of Hawaii teams were called the Deans. Now, in the final game of the 1923 season, the football team upset Oregon State with a rainbow appearing over the stadium during the game. Sports writers began referring to University of Hawaii teams as the Rainbows, and the tradition was born that Hawaii could not lose if a rainbow appeared. The rainbow officially became part of the school's athletic logo in 1982 and remained until 2000. Hold on. So that during a game with Oregon State? Yeah, in 1923. A rainbow appeared over the stadium. Yep. And that's when they became the Rainbow Warriors? Now, King Kamehameha the Great and his warriors united the Hawaiian Islands, earning the warrior a place of honor in Hawaiian history and an expectation of strength, skill, and a fighting spirit. Hawaii teams became known as Rainbow Warriors long before the nickname became official in 1974. Now, in 2000, a controversial change allowed each team to pick its own team name. The football, men's volleyball, golf, and tennis teams all became the Warriors, while the men's basketball and swimming and diving teams remained the Rainbow Warriors, and the baseball team became the Rainbows. The women's teams, however, all remained the Rainbow Waihini. Now, Waihini means women in, in Hawaiian. Now, at the same mm-hmm. time, the school changed its athletic logos to the current stylized H. Looks kind of more tribal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. So yeah. I like it. So they went to that, omitting the rainbow of the old logo altogether. But on July 1st, 2013, the nicknames of the university's men's sports teams are once again standardized, and all male teams of the university are now referred to as the Rainbow Warriors. Now, more recently, the, the women's beach volleyball team, while still officially the Rainbow Wahini, generally uses the Sandbows. Sandbows? Yeah. So instead of rainbows, Sandbows? Just what they do. Uh, okay. So there, there's there's some Hawaii Hawaii athletics history for you. All right. So uh, sound like sambos, like little sam, like little little black sambos. No sand bows. Gotta gotcha. hit, hit that D hard. Yeah, kind 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 of like uh, <laughs> peanut sauce. Kind of like peanut sauce. Yes. When you gotta hit yeah. that T hard in peanut <laughs> sauce, because if you don't say peanut sauce, it comes out peanut sauce. <laughs> Something completely different. All right. Beej, uh, so that's it for that. Um, I'm hoping to get a good game out of the Beeves. Now, you know this game isn't really televised. Isn't really televised. Well, no, because it's in Hawaii. It's not a Pac-12 game, so the Beeves don't have that thing. But I think you'll be able to see it on Facebook. I think it's being broadcast on Facebook. Okay. So if you go to the – go to Facebook and look up Hawaii – Athletics, I think you should be able to find it broadcast on there. Okay. Or you can always, or you can always listen to it on the uh, radio network. Absolutely. Always fun to listen to Parker anyway. And if you're not in a place that gets um, 1240 or, um, or 1190 KEX up in the Portland area, you can always listen to Beaver Games broadcast on the TuneIn radio app. Hmm. Just so Again, you know. all good to know. Yeah, so you can just... Uh, you download the TuneIn Radio app, uh, type in Oregon State Beavers football, and it'll come up. So there you okay. go. Because I don't really get good radio reception here in Dallas. It's weird. I'm kind of in a little hole. I don't really get good um, KEX reception, and I don't get good 1240 reception. Once I get to Rick Real, hmm. it comes in, but here in Dallas, it doesn't. Interesting. All right, Beach. anything else to add this week? 
I got nothing. I'm I'm worn out. I need a break. Yeah, I so. know. Me too. I I was just dead yesterday. It was a good tailgater though. What I tell you what, it was good. No, it's good. We ran out of food though. That was crazy. Well, we ran out of food at the end though. We were able to to get rid of it all. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. And good donations in the donation jar, so we'll be able to go buy plenty more for next week. Good, because it's cheesesteak. It's cheesesteak week. Oh, I love cheesesteak week. All right, Beach. Well, if you've got nothing else to add, I want to thank everyone listening to show number 124 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, uh, HeinerTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinerTailgater on Twitter, and also HeinerTailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating and review. Also, the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. Billy. It's been great. We'll uh, have to record another show next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Beavs win and a 1-1 Beaver team. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Until then, here's a great big Go Beavs. Okay. Alrighty, we'll fake it with this. Now I got a mouthful of peanuts. Hold on. A uh, full of what? Peanuts. Oh, peanuts. Peanuts. Okay. You gotta really hit that T at the end. It's like at Woodstocks, we use peanut sauce. You don't want to say it too quick. Because if you say peanut sauce? Yeah, peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People on the other end might not know what the hell you're talking about. All right, you ready to do this? Let's do this. Let's make this happen. <laughs>